folks, welcome back again as we seek this strange task of being able to be together without being together together. Over and over I'm reminded of Acts chapter 2 where it talks about how the early church just loved to be together together. Together in one place, together in one mind and spirit. And still we're not allowed to be together in one place, at least not now. But we can be together in one spirit. So welcome to the house of God. Welcome to doing church. We've had a wonderful time of worship. And now let's go to the Lord and allow him to speak into the depths of our heart. As you're turning in your Bible to the Gospel of John chapter 16, let me just share that I've often spoken to you about men who have really helped to mold me in my spiritual life. I've had several that have mentored me over the years and uh, pastors and uh, professors that have meant a lot to me. But there's a particular commentator that is really not even realizing it poured so much into my life over the years. His name is Warren Wiersbe. Uh, he died, I think it was last year. But he authored some 150 volumes, best known for the B-series uh, of the Old and New Testaments together. Uh, he was a master of seeing patterns in the scriptures, of uh, being able to outline, about being able to take complex passages and find a great meaning and understanding in them. And I've followed him carefully over the years. He's meant so much to me. And I really want to refer to his B-series on the Gospel of John and use his outline for this Sunday and next Sunday. He has wonderful things to say. Specifically, he says, this long section from John chapter 15 and 18 all the way to the 16th verse of the 16th chapter is tied together by two important themes, the opposition of the world against the church and the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the church. So I want to follow his line of thinking and outline here together. But first, will you join me in reading the Word of God? John chapter 16, beginning with verse 1, and we'll read today through verse 11. Jesus is speaking, setting a still in the upper room, and he says, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. The Lord took us on a wonderful journey through that last week. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God a service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me where are you going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. 
of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. There's much more that he'll be saying, but I want to draw a line right there because in and of itself, that's a mighty big package for us to unpack. As a matter of fact, it'll take us today as well as next Sunday to do that. Will you join me in prayer? Holy Spirit, every time I pick up the word and every time I preach or teach, I'm just overwhelmed at how you have hovered around this word, about how you, you protected to John's mind each and every word that Jesus spoke and kept them absolutely infallible within his mind until the day would come that he would pin them. And then you protected these words over these centuries to where you could bring them to us today that we could be encouraged, that we could be challenged, and that our lives could be changed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, as we open our heart to you, open your heart to us, that we might be blessed thereby. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, Jesus was concerned that those he loved so much might be caused to stumble by something that was about to happen. We pick up this line of thinking back in the 15th uh, chapter where Jesus is, is telling the disciples, uh, this world hates me, and because you are identified with me, they're going to hate you as well. And then he picks this theme up now in the 16th chapter, and he goes so far to say that out of this hatred, they are going to persecute you, ostracize you, excommunicate you, and even kill you, and think they're doing God a service in the process. Now, this is not what the disciples were expecting at all. As a matter of fact, it's diametrically opposed to what they expected. They had become convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. He was soon to be crowned king. He was going to eradicate Rome. He was going to bring into his kingdom. And they were going to have very prominent positions in that new kingdom. So what Jesus is saying here is like emotional and a spiritual whiplash. It's like he's stopping them dead in their tracks and saying, it's not going to be that way. It's not going to be that way. And rather than that, they're going to hate you. They're going to ostracize you. And they're even going to kill you. All of this hatred stems from one fact and one alone. They hated Jesus. And because they hated Jesus, they were going to hate all of those who are identified with him. Can I take a moment to chase a quick rabbit? I won't, I won't take very long, but we hear far too often about the incredible persecution that our missionaries and that Christians are under worldwide, especially in those countries where Christianity is outlawed, and in those countries, many times, it is considered the civic duty of those who live in that country, the natives of that country, to turn in Christians, to, uh, to turn them into the authorities. Many times, uh, those believers, whether they're indigenous or whether they're some of our missionaries, are persecuted, many times executed. As a matter of fact, in the words of some in Islam, it is a holy jihad, a holy war. 
and they consider they have done Allah a great service when they kill the infidels. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like something that grows right out of this passage? Indeed, it does. When you talk to our missionaries, they don't say, hey, pray for us that we won't go through these hard times. Quite to the contrary, what they say is pray for us that during times like this, during times of persecution, and even when our lives are threatened, and especially when our lives are taken, pray that we'll be bold. Pray that we'll be loving, even as we face those who would take our lives. Indeed, be mindful and pray for our missionaries. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ worldwide who are suffering the very persecution Jesus was speaking of here. These men and women, boys and girls, are precious to Jesus. They understand something that, sadly, you and I don't understand. That if you really love the Lord, those times are going to come, and it really is a blessing when they do come. So let's get back to our passage today. Earlier in the 15th chapter, Jesus is talking about love. And, and this world is going to know that you are definitely mine because you, you have my love and you share that love with one another. And by this, the whole world will know you're my disciples. And then he spins on a dime. He, he turns 180 degrees and says, but the world hates me. And because it hates me, it's going to hate you as well. Now, I know you and I find it incredible and almost unbelievable to think that there are those in this world that would hate Jesus and not only hate him but hate you and I because we bear his name and then even more we stand in awe when religious leaders hate our Lord and hate us as well but you know that's exactly what was going on right here in a matter of hours it would be the religious leaders who would turn Jesus over. They would arrest him and abuse him and then turn him over to Pontius Pilate. So he's saying these things. Don't be surprised when even the religious leaders are the very ones that turn on you and that persecute you and even take your life. Now, let's be reminded this is not the first time that Jesus began to warn his followers, that this was going to happen. In the very early part of his ministry, in Matthew chapter 5, we find in, in the great Sermon on the Mount, he tells them this persecution is going to come for those of you who hold on to my name. And then in, in Matthew 10, his great commissioning sermon, as he commissioned those to go out and to bear his name and even to work wonders in his name, he warned them then. So over and over again in the New Testament, the disciples were warned that this hatred was going to happen and this persecution was going to happen. So why are they so surprised? Why are they so surprised when he find, they find out that men, that the world is going to genuinely hate them and even persecute them? Well, I don't know about you, but there's been many times I've heard very clear teaching, very clear preaching from the Word of God. And yet, I expect something very different to happen. And when what 
Jesus says is going to happen is happened, then I'm, I'm surprised. And I'm sure you've been there too. The disciples were there as well. That's why, folks, it's so important to be students of the Word and understand what the Lord is telling us right out of His Word. The extent of this hatred is apparent here in verse 2. He says they will put you out of the synagogue. Now, that may not mean an awful lot to us today. If for some reason we were put out of this church, we'd just go join another church. Uh, or it, it wouldn't, might not mean that much to us. But it meant an awful lot in Jesus' day. To be put out of the synagogue meant that you were ostracized, excommunicated, blackballed, shunned. You may be familiar that there are some practices uh, in America among certain uh, religious groups that if an individual turns away from that group or leaves that group, they're shunned. It's like they never were ever born. Some even hold funeral services and declare them dead. But even that doesn't come close to what being put out of the synagogue meant in Jesus' day. It meant that you were no longer recognized. You become a ghost. Nobody would speak to you. Nobody would recognize your presence. Most specifically, nobody would do business with you. Uh, you, you nobody would give you a job. Nobody would buy your wares. Nobody would have any dealings with you whatsoever. It meant ruin. It meant disaster for you, and not only you as an individual, but usually it was the entire family who was treated this way. So being put out of the synagogue was no small thing. But listen, <laughs> it was small in compared to the next thing Jesus said, that many will even seek to kill you, to take your life. You know, it's very interesting to me that of the 11 men that Jesus were addressing here, 10 of these apostles met horrendous, agonizing, martyr deaths. The only exception was John, and it wasn't because he was coddled. Tradition tells us that he was to be executed one day, and he was put into a vat of boiling oil. The Holy Spirit somehow miraculously protected him, and he continued to preach from the cauldron. John died as an old man. He died as pastor of the church at Ephesus, continuing to preach and to teach those he called his little children. And if you've been following our Wednesday Bible study on 1 John, that term is very familiar to us. I really think that every Christian should take an opportunity sometime in their lives to read Fox's Book of Martyrs. And it begins early here with the disciples, but it traced martyrdom all the way through many, many years. But until the Lord returns, or until we die, we will live in a hostile world, and we're going to face being persecuted as we bear His name. And some of us are believers uh, some brothers and sisters in Christ, even today, are facing beheadings, are facing severe persecutions, long, lengthy imprisonments and beatings, all for bearing the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, look, I, I want you to know, I I'm telling you these things now, so when it happens, you'll understand that I prophetically spoke this into your lives. Hear him as he speaks this into our lives even today.
what is the secret right here? What is the secret for us standing under this persecution? What is the secret to stand up against this opposition? What is our secret of victory? That's where this passage is going. Jesus didn't want to just tell them, hey, bad things are going to happen. He's wanting to connect the bad things that are going to happen to the fact that he's giving Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit's presence in their lives is going to be the secret for enduring, for living well, and if necessary, even dying well. And that's what he's saying. The presence and power of the Holy Spirit. This is the key section between John 14, a little interval in 15, and then 16, the major teachings of Jesus Christ about the ministry of Holy Spirit in our lives. Can I chase one more quick rabbit? As you look back very quickly to chapter 15 and verse 26, this is one of those instances that you see all three persons of the Godhead mentioned in one particular place in verse. Jesus, the Son of God, said he was going to send the Spirit of God from God the Father. And all three aspects of the Trinity are mentioned in one place. But Holy Spirit was going to be the one. By his abiding presence, the Spirit of God within believers to enable us to walk in the Spirit, worship in the Spirit, and witness in the Spirit. So I want to look for a few moments Start here tonight, uh, this morning, and then finish up next Sunday. Of three of Holy Spirit's precious ministries that Jesus says he is bestowing upon us, the disciples first of all, and now all of the modern disciples of Christ, three ministries of Holy Spirit that are going to speak into where we are, that's going to enable us to be the children of God in the midst of this perverse and persecuting generation.